Alec King, welcome to Mint. Wow. Wow. I canceled my Joe Rogan episode for this. Did you actually? Yeah, I was going to go over there. What were you guys going to talk about? We were probably going to talk about uh, the vaccine, mm. the mandates, mm-hmm. Trump. Right. Yeah. Right is right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> welcome. Thanks, man. Where are we right now? We're in uh, Tarzana, California at uh, Live. the boy Adam Levy's yes. mansion. Dun, 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 dun. It's honestly huge. I wish we had video, but you guys you, gotta just trust you me. You seem so relaxed. What's going well, on through your mind? You know, we're about to go to South by Southwest in a few okay. days. We've been doing a lot of handmade merch, having fun. Okay. It's a beautiful day outside. Great mood when I'm around you. We were just talking about that. We have a hookah lit right now. We have some white claw. The trying to set lit, the vibe. This isn't a Joe Rogan studio, but it might get there at some point. I mean, it it is in the sense of just like Guys talking into microphones. Right. Yeah. That is a common theme. Minus the hundred million. Minus. But soon, not a big deal. Yours will be an ETH. <clears throat> Your deal. Your what will it be? Deal. What will it be? An ETH. ETH deal. Have you heard of ETH? What is that? So, I'm glad I'm gonna be the one to teach you this. Um, so you can connect to the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi <laughs> is called Bitcoin God. <laughs> Password blockchain Bitcoin. Um, yeah. So ETH. It's a cryptocurrency. All right, real talk now. Yeah, we talk. met at ETH Denver in the red room, at Social Stacks event. Yeah, um, what a fun time! With, Wasn't that doing good? That was doing. I think it was it doing was, love. No, because they not, were doing something. They were doing love. That back room, man. That was. It was red walls, that carpets was moist. everywhere. Yeah, I walked back. Adam was talking to like five girls. Six. Six. They were all handing them different joints. Probably not, but something like that. No, they had the worst appetizers there, though, I will say. Damn, just like that? Yeah. Remember the vegan? The girl made me try it. That was funny. I had that. T- I still have that taste in my the mouth. The salt taste? That was the funny. The vegan snack taste. That was funny. Yeah. No, that was a good event. I'll give it to Social Stack. It was that a was, great event. That was a good event. But uh, nonetheless, here we are. Uh, yeah. You're talking on Mint. South mm-hmm. by Southwest. Yeah. First podcast ever. Ever. Pop in your podcast cherry. Yeah. I'm popping that podcast <laughs> cherry. Amazing. <laughs> Like to make that an acronym. All right. Put on a sticker. I can't keep a straight face with you. It's hard. It's really hard. We have a good time. We do. But let's dive right in. Who the hell are you? Okay. What does the world need to know about you? Uh, Why should people care about Alec King? Well, they don't have to. (laughs) But if they wanted to, it'd be nice. I enjoy it. Um, But yeah, no, I make music. Um, I'm in the Web3 space, which is awesome. That's how I know Adam. And... uh, yeah, I mean, I've been making music like my whole life up until I was 16. I was doing more sports stuff, but then I had scoliosis surgery. So. Oh, I had hip surgery. Really? At like 16. Wow, maybe we were, we, we, we crossed probably, paths in we the We probably hospital. didn't. We probably didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You had it in Denver? No, <laughs> I didn't here in LA. Yeah. Here in LA. Yeah, Kaiser Permanente, shout out. Yeah, it would have yeah. been weird to fly to Denver for a hip surgery. Honestly, no, because we were looking for doctors all over the country. It was tough to find. It was actually tough to find. It was a really tough surgery. Interesting. Yeah. I couldn't walk for like six months. Wow. Yeah. Different story, different time. Um, <laughs> How was that? Yeah, we'll get into that <laughs> yeah. later. Different Wait, story, but different. actually, are you from here? I'm from Denver. You're from. You're actually from Denver. So when we met in East Denver, that's, that's that was what, home for you. Was Is home. your family in Denver? No, they they all moved out here to LA. When did you guys move out here? 2010. 2010. 2010. 2010. Why? Well, I got dragged out here. My siblings wanted to get into the industry and entertainment, entertainment industry, okay. and I was just 
rapping on T-Pain's auto-tune app for fun. Let's go. At the time. I think we all were doing that. We were all doing that. I was just the only idiot that was like, I think I'm going to try to do this for, for my life. <laughs> but it's fine. We're going to South by Southwest. Sick. Um, so, yeah. So, your family is from Denver. You guys moved here in 2010. Everybody's pursuing the entertainment industry. You are, to an extent, to accept more of the music industry. Right. So, you guys are a house full of creatives. Yeah, well, there's actually seven people in my family. There's two sets of twins born on the same day, eight years apart. Is that? Wait. Yeah, take that. <laughs> wait. We were on the Today Show, Katie Kirk. Back? Really? I know Katie Kirk listens to this podcast. What's up, Katie? What's up, Katie? <laughs> Long time no see. Dude, um, I don't know if I can make it through this episode. I'm over 21 now. <laughs> How old are you, actually? What's up, baby girl? Um, I'm 27. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Dude. I'm actually curious, uh, a lot of crypto in the last year has welcomed a lot of the creative side of things. For real. Majority of crypto has been very non-sexy. It's been very DeFi related, yeah. uh, very infrastructure related. And I'm actually, I feel like I'm, I'm meeting my people finally. Right. Seriously. you're like a creative guy and you've been in the crypto space well, for a while, right? Well, the reality is like, I don't really get DeFi, even though I do DGen and I participate. The world where crypto meets creators is, I feel like is like my home. Right. Going to going to East Denver and meeting all the creatives like yourselves over there, I felt like I felt I, like I met my people basically. Right. So that's why I moved to Silver Lake. Is it really? It's just a lot more. It's a lot like people. people. You know, it's a lot more people. That's why you're getting into music NFTs. Right. I mean, yeah. Although you haven't gotten one of mine. I haven't. <laughs> that's <laughs> that why I'm here. It might change after this. Buy one of my fucking music <laughs> NFTs. No, I'm just kidding. How did you get into crypto? Um. Well, uh, it's funny because my old roommate, he's into crypto, like day trading and shit. And he was always looking at these charts and shit. And I was so confused. He'd stay in his room all day. He wouldn't want to come down. He missed the fourth quarter of so many NBA playoff games. But now I'm around so many people that are that are like that. Uh, but I, I got hit up by blockchain Brett. Brett, the goat. Brett Shear. Yeah. Palm Tree Crew. Um by the way, we're going to have to tell the story about when we went to Dead Mouse and how I got in. That's so Yo. funny. I tried to use Brett's name, but we'll get back to that. All right. But Brett got me involved, and then Cooper hit me up. So they've been, like, very key into my uh, onboarding to this. So what does that mean, onboarding? Like, what did onboarding look like for you? Well, I'm independent now, so it's perfect timing for me to be able to take songs I've released independently and just put them on catalog. Like, Brett got me on catalog. He helped me get on there. Um, shout out to the catalog jeremy we just published an episode with them too it was pretty sick i gotta listen to that their event in east denver was amazing it yeah. was honestly the best event yeah that was honestly the best event why dead mouse was pretty sick dead mouse was sick but i had more fun getting in than the actual event. all right how'd you get in we tried to get it all together we tried and then nah so <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. so it's me and my boy and then two two girls we met out there and adam and his friend Whose name is Roy? Roy, Chunky. who's a producer for the podcast. Yeah, not here. Chunky So yeah. I'm not sure how credible he is. He said he works with the podcast. <laughs> no, he's a man. He's a man. He's nowhere to be found. He's he's a man. That's why I came. And he oh, just really? Didn't show up. Oh shit. But it's okay. We'll Facetime him later. We'll get we'll get back. All right, all right. Um, so Adam was able to get in. He had wristbands. He left me, Pat, and the two girls out in the blistering cold. Damn. Um, no food. No water. Just like that. No food, no water. This is the first <laughs> night we met, though. I can't be mad at him. He didn't even get the girls in. So what, why would he get two guys he just met in? To be fair. I don't think he could, though. That should we do this? Locked down. Should we do this right now? Yeah. To yeah. be fair, I texted Rachel 
Yo, come with me. Facts. I did. She didn't see your phone. And then she didn't see your phone. You're right. I tried. You didn't have my number. I didn't. By the way, Rachel, that's another story. Another story about her. Which we met through homeless person breaking into her house and showering. That's another funny story. Yeah. Stay tuned to this, guys. This is a good episode. We got to keep it on track, though. Um. So, anyways, we're not able to get into the Dead Mouse Show in East Denver. We're outside. They close the door. People are. It's packed. They're like, no one else is getting in. Then this guy, this older guy with glasses, he's the one saying it. I go up to him and I'm like, hey, man, I'm on the list. I'm on the list. I don't know where the list is. Um, And he takes his phone out. And Brett was supposed to go. Shout out to Brett. He's like, just say say my name because he couldn't go. He was too tired, which is crazy. That guy, I don't know how he got tired. He's always always all over the country. He told me he had a big day the next day. Yeah. Um, But so I told him my name is Brett. And, you know, someone fucked up not to say this on, on air, but, you know, he wasn't on the list somehow. So then while he's looking through the list, I peep at it and I see someone <laughs> named Jeremy Paris. Shout out to Jeremy Paris, whoever Shout you are. Shout out to Jeremy Paris. Um, and then I'm like, I look away a little bit. I'm acting right now. And I'm like, I put my hand on I'm like, well, I put my point to Pat, my friend. Could it be under Jeremy's name? <laughs> and then the guy is like, there's no Jeremy on here. And I'm like, I think there is. And then he looks, I'm like, Jeremy Paris? And then he sees Jeremy Paris and he puts his arm around Pat. He's like, oh, VIP. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know you were with him. So I'm like, holy shit. And then he's like, yeah, I'll walk you guys right in. I just have to wait for another group. So I'm like, what if Jeremy Paris is the other group? That would be awkward. <laughs> that would be so awkward. That would be fun. Jeremy Paris is behind right. you, like two people down. <laughs> it ended up being another VIP group. Um, and he introduced us to each other and he walked us straight in. And then I went to the VIP guy. And I was like, hey, we're supposed to be here. Sam just walked us in. I'm with Jeremy Paris, who's on VIP. I'm like, we don't even have credentials. That's how quickly he walked us in. Like, I use that as a pro, the no credentials. I was like, we're so VIP that we didn't even need credentials. Jeez. And he's like, all right, y'all good. And then he pointed to the people with us. He's like, they're with you. I'm like, yeah, they're with me. (laughs) So it was just, that was kind of all of ETH Denver. We were just finessing in everywhere, which I really get a kick out of doing. So what did you think of ETH Denver? Was that your first crypto conference? Ever. 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 What did you think? It was amazing. I mean, it's Do just Do you usually like, go to conferences? Not really, but I mean, I just feel like it's such a welcoming group. I don't know if it's just because it's so early or if people are actually are just really nice. But it's it could be neither. Both. It's probably neither. N- no? No, people aren't nice. People are not welcoming. Well, they're nice to me. Oh. <laughs> they're willing to teach me things and talk to me. Look at this, me and you. Who would have thought? You were nice to me. We met in the red room. We met in a room where people were on drugs. Were they? If they for sure were. Based on the carpet and the red walls, I can only assume so. Yeah. So you got into crypto through Brett. <clears throat> Cooper also helped you out. Um, both have been guests on the podcast. How did you kind of like go by publishing your first NFT? What did that look like? Well, what's funny is I didn't know anything about it. So it took me like a month or two of being on catalog and still not uploading it. And Brett once every once in a while, I'd be like, hey, bro, I think you got to upload a song here. Hey, bro, checking in. And eventually I was like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to do it. And I just uploaded a song called West Side that I put out last year. One of three independent songs I put out last year. It's um, a good trick, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> a little mute on the side. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I put out I put out West Side and then Brett bought it and then I put out a song called Sophie and then um Cooper got it. Mm. But then Brett got it last second. Oh. But then Cooper came back and got it. Oof. There's a little bidding war on that. Oof. It was nice to be a part of. Shout out to them. And then I then I sold a song called Long Distance too. 
But the cool thing is, like, long distance was four years old, three years old, and I was able to to make more money off of that one NFT sale than the entire existence of the streaming on that. How much did it sell for? One point three ETH. Wow. And that was at the time like where ETH was like four K. Wow. Like three eight. Solid. So that was that was like a what a way to get involved. Not only because it's just like people are really appreciating like the art part of the the music that I make, but also just like we're so conditioned to think we shouldn't be making money off our music. Like, what do you mean? We're only supposed to be making point zero zero two streams per or dollars per stream, whatever. right? So it's like it's a little like jarring when you're like, oh wait, I'm supposed to be making money off of my art, or like I it's deserving. And we're kind of conditioned with the way the music industry is to not think that at all. You know, what's cool about your story, dude, is from what I understood behind the scenes, you were signed to Republic, too. Right. Right. When did you get signed? That was like early 2018. Like, or maybe late 2017. And that lasted for two years. It was a JV under Republic, though. Okay. um, With people that I previously knew. So it was a good situation, but it just really wasn't for me. Like I feel like I am an independent artist. Why even wasn't when I was it for on you? a label? I mean, it's just like I'm. You, when you're on a label like that, they have Drake, they have Ariana, they have Post Malone. They're the number one label in the world, but they're the number one label in the world because of like five artists. They have the five biggest artists ever, whatever, or currently. So if you're like coming up and shit, like it's hard to get the attention that you deserve or want. What was it like going through a record a record deal like that? I mean, getting signed. One of my favorite photos ever is a film photo I took of my parents looking at me right after I signed. Really? They're just the smiles on their face. But it it was just very surreal. I mean, I went to we me and my friends flew to New York. We had a showcase which was awesome and hilarious at the same time at Republic offices with the label. You know, my songs playing through the hallways the whole day, photos of me on every TV. It was almost like, "Whoa." This is my onboarding to the yeah this cult yeah <laughs> cult no but it was it was it was really cool it was an amazing experience I don't regret it at all so being a traditional music artist okay now releasing music in quote unquote Web three whatever the hell that means but using crypto as a way to kind of build an audience to make money what has been the experience like and what are some of the takeaways that you'd kind of like when you look back you look at your time being signed to now being independent and trying to publish music. Uh, and use nfts crypto primitives as a way to monetize yourself build an audience etc what are some of like the major differences major challenges that you kind of see kind of reflecting back on that time and how it compares to what you're doing now right um i don't i don't even see it as a challenge in a sense i see it more of like as an opportunity i mean i think that like i've had friends be like don't put all your focus on web three and NFT shit because you still have web two and Spotify and all that, but it's all goes hand in hand. Like if I do anything in like web three world, I'm putting up quotes, web three world, it helps web two. You know, if I sell an NFT, then people are talking about a song and then that helps the streams. If a song goes crazy on Spotify, then that's going to help the value of the NFT. You know, I just, it's, I guess like what, the scary part of it would be like, we were just talking about discord. We were just talking about, there's a lot of new things that you have to dive into and research and connect with. You got to spend a lot of time just researching and meeting people that are in this world or else you don't really matter. You know, you got to be active. Where do you see a record labels role in crypto and web three? Well, I mean, record labels are just banks at the end of the day. 
But what other value do they provide beyond just money? I mean, they, they provide value in a sense of like connections, like, okay. you know, connections to Spotify playlists. They provide like connections to maybe you need the best director, or, like the best producer, like they could get in touch with that, but it all, it just costs money. So you're, we're seeing a lot of people switch from the record label world to web three world. You know, these people that are a part of these music platforms and NFT space, a lot of them have a background in, in labels management so it's more just like connections and money which is possible to do if you have you know 500 eth shit do you have 500 eth almost almost like 499 i made i made some eth from selling some songs but then like i got addicted to buying nfts oh so then i spent it all what do you collect should i open my open right now i remember everything okay i'm involved in fluff world you know about fluff world i do we're going to their South by Southwest Delphi's party. Delphi's pushing that one hard. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah. And a lot of cool people involved. I met the, the the founder of it at one of their events. They're like a music community, right? Yeah, it's music related. Um, What's another one I got? Hearts Club I got. And then I got a, a few more that... I probably got like 30 collected. But those are the main ones. So how do you choose what to buy and what not to buy? Like, what's your thought process around collecting? Honestly... I just like trust certain people. So you, you watch wallets or you watch what other people do? Just like friends that I have that are really involved. Like if they really are heavy into something, I'm like, all right, I kind of want to get involved with that. It doesn't seem like, like it, it will be pretty bad. Also chill pill. I heard, I've seen chill pill. Yeah. I got to get chill pill on. So I have some of those, but also I'm friends with them. They're, they're putting on the event at South by Southwest. So they gave us the opportunity to, to go there. Um, but they had record plant in LA rented out for a month. And then he made an album. His name's Sydney. He's Chill Pill, but now the whole community's Chill Pill. Mm. Um, but a lot of cool artists came through there, and I've never had sessions with forty people. Like yeah. he threw parties at Record Plant, and then we just end up making a song, and I'm recording in front of forty people. Yeah, that's nothing. I've never done anything like that. It was a pretty wild experience. Yeah. What's up, guys? Adam Levy here. Sorry for the quick pause. I wanted to give some love to our two NFT sponsors that are making this episode a reality. They are Coinvise and Polygon Studios. On Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum or Polygon. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more today by visiting coinvise.co. Polygon Studios is the gaming and NFT arm of Polygon, who's focused on growing the blockchain gaming and NFT industry while bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3 gaming. The Polygon Studios ecosystem comprises highly loved blockchain games like OpenSea, Upshot, Avagachi, Zed Run, Skyweaver, Decentraland, and Decentral Games. If you're a gamer, builder, or NFT creator looking to join the Polygon Studios ecosystem, get started today by visiting polygonstudios.com. All right, back to the episode. You know, I'm trying to think like the similarities and differences behind between being signed to now being independent because a major component for a lot of artists in the space is their web three audience, which is basically their community, their community of collectors. Okay. And I try to think like what other value add does the record label provide? Cause I've never been signed. You know, I've, I've gone through like a distribution deal with universal music group, one of their subsidiaries for a band that I was in, but never to the extent where you've had the exposure, like the full on exposure. So a major component of any new artist in the space, you've started selling NFTs, you've gotten some collected, you've made some money. 
part of your responsibility now is maintaining the relationships with those collectors, right? They like to collect music NFTs as if they were to collect art because they just like doing that. My question to you is like, when you think about community building, okay, how does it differ than building an audience between building an audience in web two than it does in web three? Are the roles changed? Are there new responsibilities that you have to like kind of impose on yourself versus building a Spotify audience, for example? What are the similarities? What are the differences? How do you think about that? I think that that's the diff that that's where the difference comes in because the effort that goes into keeping someone entertained in web three world, I think is like way higher. Like you have to be way more active. It's more of a face to face relationship almost. So is that more pressure on you then? It's more pressure in a sense of like, you have to put the time in, but like spot, the good thing about Spotify is like people find your song on a playlist, they add it, they follow you. And then boom, they're, they're technically a part of your audience. Whereas web three, it's like, they have to join your discord. You should definitely respond to their the tweets. Right. But that's like also like it's more time consuming but that's kind of the, the cool part about it because you can do that because you don't need uh, 10 million people you only need maybe 100 what's more valuable to you alec getting millions of streams on spotify or having like 10 15 collectors oh 10 15 collectors would be easy choice on that so then what are you optimizing for fame and virality or niche no i'm more like as long as i'm living comfortably okay like i'm would being famous be cool yeah. Okay. Would it come with a lot of perks? Yeah. Also negatives. Could too. It, it could also give you a lot of money too. And it would also give you a lot of money, but, but this way it's like, it's your money. It's, and it's yours to stop getting. Whereas like the other way with web two, it's like people could cut you, people, people could click the button where you're not, you're not getting as much looks. You're not out there as much. You're relying more on other people to get your money. Whereas here it's like, you're building your own relationships. You're, you're making things happen. And like, that's kind of how I felt I always been. So it was nice to be independent again and be able to really not rely on anyone. And it's mm. all in my hands. How do you think about pricing an NFT, a song? I heard you and Cooper talk about yeah. this. I ask, and every, I, and I I ask was, a lot of people that. Yeah, it's a good question. Cause I feel like I started with, I put them up for like an ETH or whatever. Okay. Why? Why do you think your, your work is worth an ETH? And how do you think about that? And I don't ask that from the point of view of like, questioning your work no, more yeah, so understanding the value chain how do you kind of think about value and what your your craft is worth i don't think it's possible to know i think you just put it up and like the i the reason i did it eth was just because that's what like the advice right. i got sure like you yeah, just put it up for an eth sure um so then the next two i was like all right i'll just keep that going i was like that maybe set the price but what i'm excited to do is is get into additions okay. and have a way lower price point because I think to be able to have 25 collectors on one song is extremely valuable. Because then you build a relationship with those people, and then they're in your community, and, and you're in their community. And you just, like like me and you meeting, it's like 25 of, of yous, you know? Like, we're all clearly into the same shit at the end of the day, as far as being creative mm -hmm. and art. Um, but the price is interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I liked what you and Cooper said about it. I like the idea of you just start low and then you let the community decide. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Verte that kind of brought that to yeah, my mind. Yeah, that's what you guys were saying. Yeah. She basically like, she basically let the market decide what her art is worth. Like it started empty, right? It or started. One. It started as like a a a bid mechanic, right? Right. Let the market bid. There's a timeline. There's a there's a there's a time frame to when the bid starts and ends. But let's see what happens. Let's just put it out there and let the market decide. And then I have a foundation to build off of, right? 
And part of that also comes into play without you, like, let's say nobody bids. There could right. be a bunch of problems. Like, okay, you didn't do enough effort to really get yourself out there. Could be an ego hit. It could be an ego hit, right? And it makes you think like more mainstream artists that come, that want to experiment in the space. You see people like Tory Lanez, which I think Cor Cooper and I also talked about, go platinum, quote unquote, in like minutes by right. selling a million NFTs for a dollar or something How like cool that. How cool is that though? But like that drop mechanic was completely questionable, but that's not the point. But yeah, it's super cool. But then you try to think of like Cooper and I agreed with like the maybe mainstream artists are not ready for Web3 yet, right? Because if their drop flops, that says a lot about them, right? Yeah. Well, and also Web3 might not be ready for that yet. Because I think Web3 favors more of the up and coming independent yeah, innovative sure. artists and supporting the people who are like on the rise versus established ones. And that's not entirely true because we saw a lot of drops like during March 2020, for example, when a lot of the NFT hype started developing around digital art, a lot of like Paris Hilton, Steve Aoki, etc. They came into the space, did really well for themselves, did did their one-off one drops on NFT Gateway and whatnot and killed it, right? But for me personally, the most exciting part of like collecting music NFTs, let alone having this podcast, is being able to support the up-and-coming artists, right? Right. That have a vision, that have talent, but need platforms. They need better ways to monetize. For example, I tweeted uh, this week, I genuinely don't believe enough TikTok artists are taking advantage of like Web3 primitives and breaking through the glass ceilings of what an independent can can really do. I came across this one artist, forget his name. Let me let me pull this up really quick. Um, it's this group, this duo. What are, what are their names? Dwellers. Okay. Song float through the ceiling. Came on my TikTok feed. I loved it. I, I thought it was so cool. But on his song, on his on, on the video that he attached the song to, it was like, I just got a job as a bellboy, you know? But I'm like, wait, you're so talented. You produce a song, you and your friend. It's amazing. It has a lot of potential. You guys are grinding away on TikTok. Not enough people are like opening up their branches enough to see how else can I make money? How else can I innovate? How else can I find a different audience, maybe outside of TikTok, right? Where I can monetize and live off comfortably, for example, you know? So I was like yeah. commenting on their video. Like, Yo, get into music NFTs. I right. want to collect this song, blah, blah, blah. But what do you think about that? Like, have you ever been forced? Have you ever felt the pressure to produce stuff for TikTok and like get creative with TikTok? And like, what has that been like versus now creating stuff for Web3 if, if that pertains to you? Yeah, I feel like that's a big thing about labels too. Yeah, that's all you hear from labels these days. TikToks, TikToks, TikToks. Yeah, every day, yeah. every day, to the point where I didn't want to do TikToks because it was just being forced on me. I think that it's important when you do that to do it like in a way where you're still being you. Um, but the the NFT space is huge for that. That's what it is. I, when I first got involved, I thought it was so cool that I'm like, wait, none of these artists like I've heard of. I haven't heard of any of these artists on here. But like I was just going through them, and I'm like, they're all dope. So I think it's like a beautiful space for that, like for those kids you're talking about. But it's just a little intimidating because like you said, who knows if it'll sell. Yeah. Also, people that aren't involved in NFTs kind of look at it like people look at Nickelback. They just hate it for no reason. Oh. You know, people are just talk shit. A lot of people talk shit about NFTs that aren't involved. Do you ever, are you on TikTok? Do you watch TikTok videos? Yeah. That's all right. You can not, admit not it. Not much. In you a, can admit it. In the past couple months, I honestly haven't been on TikTok. You haven't? All right. But I get TikToks. Everyone I know sends me TikToks. Sometimes I get more mainstream creators promote or try to do their own NFT drops. And then you look through the comments and you try to see what is the sentiment around crypto from the mainstream audience. And yeah. They're like, oh, not you now. Yeah, exactly. This, That's what it the, is. But the environment, like, oh, you're also hopping on this train. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if it's a mix of jealousy or like misunderstanding. It's, viral. it's cool to hate, hate things. Yeah. 
There's things that come and go. Like I said, like people hated Nickelback. They were a meme. But Nickelback's kind of dope. <laughs> Look at this Look at this photograph. photograph. <laughs> it's a great fucking band. Like It's the meme. <laughs> people people hate on shit for no reason. So I don't know. But I think that you kind of just got to go all in because those people that are commenting, they're not going to comment on every post eventually. They'll be like, okay, this is just what yeah. it is. Yeah. Just make your .eth your username. And then a week, everyone will think it's normal. Yeah. Let's talk about South by. South, South by, by Southwest. South by Southwest, girl. Are you taking uh, Southwest Airlines to South by Southwest? I actually don't really want to get into what airline we're taking. It was Here a very go. last minute trip. Interesting. Um, I'm a Delta guy. I love Delta. Um, <laughs> and if I have to go Southwest, I will. That's what my family flew when I was younger. Um, and then, then under that, it's literally anything else but Spirit. Facts. Um, we're flying Spirit to South by Southwest. It was very cheap, but we looked at it like, hey, we'll make it funny. It'll be a funny thing. We'll be uncomfortable. (laughs) It's all right. It'll be funny. Why are you going? What's waiting for you there? So through Chill Pill, Chill RX, they're putting on a show. It's at a control room, Empire Control Room on the 14th, 8 p.m. If you're going to South By, come say what's up. We'll be there till Thursday. We're trying to have a night over and over again until Thursday. We're trying to have a great time. Um, but I'm excited. I've never been and I've never performed there. It's my first festival. I saw you perform at East Denver. I performed it's at East Denver. pretty sick. You and your friend. That was fun. Shout out to Pat. Shout out to Pat. Um, he's not coming to this one. We spent all our money on hats, shirts, stickers, lighters. Sick. Um, flights. So we couldn't afford Pat or his ticket. So what are you, what are you doing there? You're performing there. We're okay. doing a show there with, What's uh, your set like? Grady. Grady. Shout Daz. out to Grady. Uh, party alone and who's the fifth person there oh this is awkward plus a special guest (laughs) (laughs) and my boy jackson's coming out he's doing doing a lot of stuff with me so you're just going to perform are you standing the entire time yeah we're gonna try to hit a lot of shows and and see what's going on. I've never been, so I don't really know how it yeah. works. I think it's all over the city. It's an iconic. It's an iconic conference. It's it was been cool around. to just yeah. post that I'm performing there. Like yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. Like, I was really excited to just, just to see like the logo next to my name. Yeah. I've always wanted to perform there. That's sick, dude. I'm I'm stoked for you. Uh, I'm excited to see you kind of jump into Web three. Find your collectors. I'm excited to collect something now. Well, I'm gonna be releasing a song every other week, for the till a meteor hits Earth. Actually, um, starting on March 25th, I think I'm going to I'm going to do the first one on Mint Songs. I've never worked with them before. OK, sick. But but they wanted to do a drop with me and I, I, I like Nick over there and I'm going to do one with them. Then I'm probably going to go back to catalog for the every other week. So I, I want to I'd love to get on sound. So, David, if you're listening, <laughs> I know I, I stopped harassing you, but <laughs> I'll start again soon. I think David's going to be at South by when I first hit him up. It was around Hanukkah and I was like, David, I'm Jewish. <laughs> Still didn't get on the Happy Annika. He's strong. If it was me and people come to me, they're like, I'm Jewish. I'll be like, you're on tomorrow. <laughs> I'm weak to my own people. I support them too much. <laughs> I love it, dude. I'm trying to think like what what's next. So one of the issues that a lot of like NFT digital artists had when they were when it was more like vibrant and more alive and a lot of the, the hype was on on that side of things was the concern of over diluting the value of your catalog, meaning if you release too many NFTs, okay, uh. then 
people start to think that your shit becomes not your shit, your craft, your art becomes less valuable or like a money grab or a money grab. Yeah. How do you think about that? Well, it just depends if it's new shit and if it's quality shit. I think if someone's just putting out every rough they make, then it's obviously going to look like, all right, they're just trying to cash out from this. And that's not a good look to collectors or, or whoever. Um, but I think, I think it just depends on, on how you go about it. And if it, you could kind of sniff shit out, like you could tell if people care, you could tell if it's a cash grab or you could tell if it's like oversaturated. Um, but we'll see, I'm going to do every other week. So let's talk in a couple months and we'll see, we'll see what happens. So every other week you're going to be releasing a song. Do you already have a backlog of stuff that you want to release? Or are you producing actively or? I got like six months ready. Really? Yeah. Wow. So. Are these songs you already released on Spotify? No, no, no. These are all new songs. And I've always wanted to go every other week. But I've always had people in my ear, whether it was label or or whoever. Yeah. Uh, But now I'm fine. That's like one of the beautiful things about being independent. I'm doing whatever I want. I don't care if I put out a song and it gets a thousand streams. Mm Mm-hmm. And no playlist, whatever. I have another song in two weeks. One thing I should have asked in the beginning is, how would you describe your music to someone that isn't familiar with you? Um, I, I always say melodic rap. Okay. Melodic rap. Um, I sing, I rap, but... I, I mean, I love Mac Miller. I love Kanye West. Sick. Yay. 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 I love Frank Ocean. I love a lot of just different music. So some some of these songs every other week will be like different genres every other week. Like Sick. I'm just trying to get it all out there. Let's wrap up with this really quick, okay? You obviously had a couple mentors on your team to bring you into the space. Friends to, to that believe in you and wanted to see you win. What about those that don't have that initial foundation, that support to kind of show them the way so it feels less intimidating, not so scary, so you feel like you're in a comfortable spot? How do you advise? What are some tips you can give to those up and coming musicians, those interested musicians, artists, creators that want to get into crypto? Um, Anything that you kind of learned on the way that you could share? Any tips for getting started? Yeah, I mean, if they're already listening to this, then that's a good start. Okay. Because it's just everything is so accessible. Like if I never knew Cooper or Brett, like I guarantee you I could get in touch with them if I'm just consistent for a couple weeks, hitting them up, responding to their shit. And eventually, like, if you're very confident in your stuff and you are putting it out, then things will work. Like, I treated music like like a sport. Like, I would just practice. Like, I didn't used to be anywhere near where I am now. Not that I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm good now, but I'm just saying, like, just consistency, I think, is the key in any sense. You know? Yeah. And just try. Just reach out. Things happen if you try. You don't get shit without asking. Hmm. So what do people ask? What should people ask? I mean, where do I start? How do I do it? Sign up for catalog. Sign up for sound. Get on Twitter if you're not on Collect Twitter. Collect yourself. Respond you to all Levy's tweets. Eventually, you know, he's about to be 100 <laughs> Ether. He'll be buying everyone's NFTs. Especially if you're on TikTok. Oh. Yeah. It's honestly a goal of mine. I want to help bring more TikTok artists into into music and crypto. Yeah. I think I, I think it's a cool goal to have. I mean, there's a lot on there. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like up and coming people that have kind of fallen to the stigma of what NFTs are. Um, and they got to wake up and just like they got experimentative and try to tap into the algorithm of TikTok yeah. to get their shit viral. The same mentality of trying to hack away at that should be applied to hacking away at a new world like crypto. 100%. Um, so 
I think it's a solid place to end off, dude. Before well, I, I want to say go. one more thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of when you pay for things, okay, and they show you the iPad and they say, "How much do you want to tip?" And then you just stand there and you have to say Ooh. no, or you then you end up tip. Your coffee's nine dollars because it only gives you like percentages. $6. You're already paying seven, and then you have to pay twenty percent on a coffee. They're not even serving you. It's awkward. We you, should start the tip DAO. Yeah. And revolt. I want to revolt. I want to go on strike. I the other day I said no. She said how much? I bought a bagel and a coffee. I was already spending twenty. She said, "Would you like to leave a tip?" It wasn't even like a waiter situation. I was at the window. I said, "Not today." <laughs> Next time. <laughs> Not today. Or I said one dollar. One dollar. <laughs> one dollar. And then my friend, he feels too bad. He goes, thirty percent. Thirty percent. Double it. Anyways, I just wanted to get that. Where out. Where can we find you online? Alec King Music on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Alec King on Spotify. That's my real last name. We were just talking about it. Don't think I made that up. That'd be corny. Um, Apple, Spotify, Alec King. Just search search that. It'll come up. And hit me up. If you make music or you do anything creative, you know, I know, you know, I'm cool enough to get into the Levy house. Oh. But I will respond. Sick. Yeah. You don't got to be cool to enter here. It's not what the sign on the door says. Oof. Yeah. Or Dude. the bouncer. <laughs> it's tough to get in here. It even says there's a sign. You're not allowed to come in. You're not allowed. This is not public. Sorry. Yeah. Bye-bye. But thank you for having me, man. You got it, bro. Anytime. We got to do this again soon. Yeah. I love you. Love you. What's up, guys? If you've gotten this far, then I owe you a listener badge NFT. Go to adamlevy.io forward slash poap. That's P-O-A-P. And click the respective season. Fill out your info and I'll distribute the free to mint NFT at the end of the season. Also... Please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast. You won't believe it, but it helps me out a ton. And finally, hit me up on Twitter, at LevyChain. I want to hear what you're building, the latest crowdfund you're trying to complete, or if you just simply want to chat. If you couldn't tell already, I love talking about where crypto meets the creator economy, and it's no different if it's coming from you directly. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world, and we'll catch you on the next episode.